Welcome to the Color Auntie Podcast. My name is Grace, joined by my co-host, Kozan. And we are so glad that you're here with us. We're just your northern girls trying to live our best life. We're here to help you through those dreadful morning commutes, or if you're just wanting to hear Quay out of things you may be experiencing, because both Quay and I have been there. We don't really know what we're doing in life, but we're hoping to figure it out with you along the way. <laughs> yeah. So listen, your podcast aunties love ya. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Color Auntie podcast. Uh, again, my name is Grace, and I am from Thunder Bay. I'm currently living in Hamilton, and I'm joined by my co-host. Hey, everyone. I'm Quay, and I currently live in Toronto, and I'm from Garden River First Nation. And I wanted to take a minute right now because our episode is dropping today. And today is also Grace's birthday. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, so we always talk about our love languages. And my love languages is, like, gift giving. Um, Like, I... I feel loved whenever you, when someone thinks of me and gives me like, it could be like a flower off the street or whatever. So I've definitely been feeling the love um, this weekend. Um, my family up North, my mom bought me these like um, bogs, like they're like boots. And my sister got me these like, hanging things that I put plant cuttings in and they're really cute so I can't wait to put those up and I went out for dinner last night out on a patio it was this really fancy place well not super fancy but more like fancy than we're used to um and okay so speaking of Netflix also I know I'm kind of rambling but I know we used to talk about a lot of um like the shows we'd watch, but have you watched that movie called Always Be My Maybe? Wait, the one I with think A- so. Ali Wong and that other guy yeah. that can't it. Yeah. So I love just like quirky, like romantic, like rom coms. And so I rewatched it again last night. And of course, Ben was like, Okay, it's your birthday. I'll watch it with you. And he loved it, but we were laughing because they are at like that fat fancy restaurant and it's just like was just like super like different where it was like you'd listen in or like um it would look like gel and they'd be like oh it's infused as caesar salad and or like bubbles and i'm like to bed i'm like wow we've never eaten fancy before because there are restaurants that are like that and i'm just like never eaten fancy but um yeah, no, that's like a super funny movie. And if anyone wants during these times to just watch something that's a little easy and like you don't have to like focus fully on on what you're watching, then that that movie's really really fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of like my check ins. Um, thank you uh, for the birthday wishes. It's it's great to be another year around the sun and. Uh, yeah, so how have you been, Quay? Um, I've been good. I am kind of on a self-isolation right now because I have been in contact with somebody who tested positive for COVID. Um, so my training, let me tell you guys how this affects my life. I don't mind. But wait, 
But Weiqui, mention how you took the proper precautions and you went and got tested. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I went and got tested and it came back negative. Um, but what the government says is that even though you're negative, they still recommend you do self-isolate. So, because I'm negative, it's self-isolation because it's voluntary. But if I was positive, it would be a quarantine because I would be positive. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of, it's it is really scary and it's really like crazy how, how that this spreads, how close to you that it's happened. Like, yeah, I think a lot of us haven't been around someone who has had it. Yeah. Um, and I think it puts it into perspective for for all of us. Um, like even just knowing you have been clo- in close contact to someone is that's the closest for me that I've known someone having it. So right. it's, right. it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely scary. And yeah. So I'll let you continue on how this is affecting you. And Okay. Okay. So thanks Grace. Um, it's definitely the second wave because in the first wave, also in the first wave, I was really lucky where we got to fly home and I was spent so many time, much time at home, but it's kind of like, mentally I know we are we are we said we had a hard time right like mentally before during during all this but now it's hard because it's like mentally I know before I shouldn't go out because I could catch it and stuff but I was in the zoo and like everything felt safer there back home but now that we're in Toronto and I made that jump to come here and like that was so close to me um, and now that I have to willingly self-isolate because even though I tested negative, I could still be carrying it. Um, but I'm like, now, now it's hard again on, on your mental health. Cause I was getting such into the rhythm of going to the gym and going for my walks and like being out and me and my roommate would even, even started doing this once a week, we'd go to dinner together. So we started getting on this like really good train of structure And now it has to be adjusted. Um, But I'm really, I am, so even though that happens, it was pretty stressful and it's pretty hard on my mental health right now, I can still be grateful because my partner had said, like, if you, if this, if like, he's like, if you test positive, um, I'll still come visit you, but I'll, I'll, I'll wait for me from outside the window. (laughs) And so I'm like, that's sweet. And then he's like, even if you test negative, um you should still like take all these things seriously and I'll still come and like bring you Starbucks and leave it at the window for you (laughs) so that I'm still grateful for that and I'm also still grateful because my trainer is bringing by TRX rows for me and like a kettlebell and like a barbell for me so um he's still committed to my goals and I can't forget that now that like I still have these goals and stuff I need to attain. It's just there's a barrier. And kind of foreshadowed my life where last week I had mentioned on my post. I did, I'm posting another pic today. But last week I mentioned on my post that, like, nutrition was the hardest part. So now that I'm at home and I'm stuck at home to self-isolate, I have to really focus on my nutrition. Because before mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I only had like a, a 1600 calorie count, but if I went over, it was fine because I had gone to the gym or I had gone for a Stairmaster or I had, I can walk, but now it's like, 
no, you actually have to, you, you don't have that freedom anymore and you have to focus. So my trainer (laughs) believes in me. He's bringing me by stuff. I'm not going to become a beefcake with all these home workouts, but I'm, that's not my goal right now. My goal has a little bit adjusted to not lose my muscle mass. Um, I'm not going to gain any muscle, but, or who knows, maybe I will, but, um, that's my goal is to not lose my, my gains. And so I'm grateful that there's still good things and solutions in my life right now. And I actually thought going to bed last night, I was like, I have so much time to spend at home. I'm like, I have so many books I could read. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I think you should be grateful too that you're not any around anyone that um, is at risk, really. Right. Too. That's like, so right, Grace. You like you just need to worry about yourself, and um, your roommate took the the proper steps in getting tested as well. And you guys are both negative, so like, take it as like a clean slate, and you're gonna be at home for the next little while. Order some food in if okay. you want to. <laughs> zoom hang in the evenings or whatever. <laughs> but yeah no I definitely feel like the second wave like, like it. and there was something about like when this all started back in February was it February or March the lockdown we kind of had like summer to look forward to right and now I'm just like okay now we're looking forward to more isolation of just winter itself and I don't know. It's just like that's that's the thing that's worrying me. Mm-hmm. And to be with my like my son Nico, who is in school, and everyone is anticipating that a time is going to come where the schools will shut down again. And it just like it scares me. And Nico's having so much fun. And I was telling Quay right before this, he he's coming home and he's telling me, "Air hug, mm-hmm. air five. and I'm like, "Oh my!" Like there, he's. Like, this is his normal. Like, he's not, he didn't know school beforehand. Right. Mean, like, without mask or, like, like all this, like, sanitization. And so this is his normal. And he's he's enjoying it. And he's having making friends and all that. So I just, I worry. And if anyone else is worrying, like, reach out to people that are in your, in your, in the same, like, position as you. And, um. You and know, like, remember, re- remember, <laughs> remember, like things you're grateful for too. Like, yeah, this sucks, and we're worried, but like, <clears throat> I don't, but I don't know. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, c- count what's great, what you're grateful for in your life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, um, and like another kind of check-in thing was, um, so I started, as you know, if you've listened to me in the past, I've started um, my degree in Indigenous social work, and mm-hmm. I had my first assignment. It was just like a discussion, like how you feel and whatnot, um, and about like the first couple chapters that we read in our textbook. And um, I was telling Quay before this, um, I'm just feeling like, really inspired and um just really positive about like who we are as indigenous people Mm -hmm. because um I mean as everyone knows like of the residential school and um 
all that that we're going to talk about shortly after this, it also talked about like the resistance and how we came back and we're learning those cultures and those traditions and languages that they were trying to oppress and we're doing it. We're bringing it back. And I was like, wow, like to just read that in my textbook. And I know I hear it from so many people as well, but just to, I'm like reading that in my textbook and I'm like, they're mentioning that. And I'm like that, like, it's just so amazing. It made me feel so inspired. And I think that brings us into, um, and I just wanted to remind everyone else, like, you know what, we are indigenous we're resilient, we've resisted, and we're pretty much amazing. So just remember that, that <laughs> it's in you, it's in you, you know, and like, I'm just like, how, what more can I do? Like, I'm just like, I feel committed. And that brings us into our next topic that we really want to talk about because it's so important. And I'll let Quay, Quay kind of intro it in. Okay, <laughs> basically, Grace, you just gave the speech of like, you know, that 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 video where he's like, you're deadly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should have added that in at the end. <laughs> so our listeners, don't forget how deadly you are. <laughs> I fucking needed to hear that today, Grace. Thank you. <laughs> You said it. <laughs> but you were thinking it. Yeah, you're deadly. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, Quay, that will be like my reminders to you now. Remember how you texted me and you're like, oh, like what you said. That really mm-hmm. like yeah, I'm like, now I'm gonna say, hey, don't forget you're you're deadly. You're deadly. <laughs> That's gonna be our motivator. Okay. Okay, but we are deadly, but you know who's deadlier? um is so as you guys know um orange shirt day is coming up and if you don't know what orange shirt day is orange shirt day is to raise awareness about residential the residential school experience and it's to honor the healing journey of um, indigenous lives impacted by residential school so really that's every single indigenous person like you me the listener listening um But the deadliest person of all is Phyllis Webstad because she it's her orange shirt that we're representing on, on Wednesday, September 30th. Um, so Phyllis, so if you don't know the story, there's a lot of videos you can go watch, but um, she was wearing a brand new orange shirt for her first day of school and that like new clothes back then were so rare. It was so like amazing and it must have felt so amazing that you got a new shirt to go to school with and, like, your your family just wanted you to have the best, right? Um, but her shirt was ripped away from her and she, it was never replaced. And, like, that's what she remembers. So she brought that attention to um, – she brought that as a movement in 2013. But in reality, it began in 1973 when Phyllis was six and entered the St. Joseph Mission Residential School outside of Williams Lake, BC. So it's a really big day, and it's a day that we honor the Indigenous children and our ancestors who were sent away to residential school, and we learn more about the history. So I have a question for all of our listeners and for you, Grace. When did you first learn about Orange Shirt Day, and then when did you learn about residential schools growing up? 
Um, well, since it started back in 2013, um, like the Orange Shirt Day as September 30th, I feel like I learned about it um, probably like four or five years ago or longer. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I feel like it's been a while. And when did I learn about residential schools? Honestly, like it sounds... It sounds crazy to even say this, but yeah, I feel like I learned about residential schools probably like middle school or high school. Mm -hmm. And of course, like it wasn't taught in school. I didn't hear about like indigenous history. Um, And like my, my grandparents went to residential school and they never talked about it. So, Mm -hmm. um, And I mean, everyone's on their own healing journey and um, it just wasn't never talked about. So I never learned about it. And I feel like I didn't learn about it until I was in middle school or high school. So, yeah. Um, When did when did you learn about it? And when did you learn about Orange Shirt Day? Okay, so I don't really know when I learned about Orange Shirt Day. I know that I've been participating at. This year, our work bought, made shirts. Last year, we bought shirts off of an artist named Anuk. The year before, I had a shirt. And the year before that, I had a shirt. But I think it also fell around the time before when it was probably on a weekend. You know those weekends where we would run culture days or something? So we got lost in other events. So I really don't think I've been promoting it only the past five years and it started around seven years ago so I missed out on the first two years but when you're starting a movement I think I really caught on when it was building um Mm -hmm. but I we are I'm really glad that I know about it now and I'm really glad that Phyllis can talk about the experience and raise awareness because that's fucking hard um, when I think of like my dad, I never heard him talk about going to day school until like recently in life. So that's fucking hard, guys. Um, but residential schools, I learned about it growing up. I don't really know at what age. Like I had mentioned earlier, my parents were pretty, um, pretty big rebels and pretty big like radicals growing up where they really taught us. They taught us a lot at home as opposed to in the classroom. Like we learned a lot about like we learned a lot of like math and stuff and in, in schools and everything like that. But we learned, we had that cultural upbringing where we knew about residential schools growing up. We knew our grandparents were, um, fur tra- were fur traders and fishermen and stuff like that. So we knew our gram like always picked blueberries and stuff. And fun fact, because of knowing that one of my cousins has a PhD in like blueberry plants. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's cool. But back to this, I think I grew up always knowing it. And I always grew up knowing in my mind, y'all are fucked up. Like, not not us, but, like, colonizers and the government. I always grew up, grew up knowing, like, this is fucked, but I don't know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. It's like it's really hard to like wrap your head around that something like this did even happen. Mm-hmm. Like, and then it's what I think is, sorry, Grace, what I think no, is no, no. so hard to wrap your head around is that 
if you think of like you as your person and how you react and how all your traits and stuff like that and the way you communicate, you have to think like three, two, or like one generation back where like they were their family structure and their methods of communication and their methods of like showing and giving love were ripped away and taken from them. And instead of love, they were given abuse. So you think of how that trickles down to you and like, are your parent and how they didn't get the full family structure or love and how that trickled down to you, man, like it's not that it's you, like you have to understand the way that you act when you think about that and like, think mm-hmm. about, okay, like, Maybe I don't respond to this in the right way, or maybe I don't communicate this properly, or maybe I don't have the healthiest coping mechanisms or, or life skills. And that's where you can, like, start to redo the work and, like, reparent yourself. Not saying that your parents were bad, but saying that, like, they didn't have the full they didn't have the full amount or know how, how to give it fully. Mm-hmm. so we're we're so lucky where we have our traditions and cultures still to lean on and go back to and like try to like have that that good good reaction to life or like coping skills I think that too like I and we talk about it like every episode we're like man you guys have to like start going to therapy and counseling and like you really learn more about yourself and like forgiving yourself and and healing Mhm. Yeah, that was my little rant. <laughs> Aw, I love that. Um, I mean, from like being a parent myself now, um, mm-hmm. like it's hard. It's hard to be a parent, but I know that, like, we're now like equipped with these tools that, like, we're so strong that I feel like we were just like past the like they were passed on from our ancestors to do the work. Right. And like, we, we like, we have to do it. And like seeing now my son going to school, I'm like scrambling to find him an orange shirt. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, why didn't I, like, I wish that um, we ordered some small sizes of, of <laughs> awesome Marissa who we should tag, who created the orange shirts. I mean, well, I think we'll take a picture and we'll post on our, our um Colorante page um mm-hmm. wearing the shirts because it's it's a special day and, and then, reminder. yeah I also want to think like just what you're saying about Nico and like how he's gonna learn about it and he's growing up gonna know about it like we're we could be in a ba- pandemic but we could also be so grateful that we have everything we're we're I think it's really honest that like you said you didn't learn about it till high school and that's the truth for a lot of people that's the truth mm-hmm. for a lot of indigenous kids that might be like one of our listeners might not have learned about it till they got to university or college and took an indigenous class so but but now moving forward because of this movement and this orange shirt day movement people are going to know Nico is going to know about it he's always gonna it won't be a surprise to him or a shock to him when he gets older he's going to know and like other kids are going to know. So they're more, I hope that more things about racism and stereotypes get broken because Mm -hmm. we, the whole, like it's a movement in Canada and everyone will, well, it's from BC and we're in Ontario. So people are going to know more and learn more. And the, the, 
what did what what did I say before? Once you know better, do better. Yeah, well, that's where, um, like when I I brought up Nico was that, you know, it really starts at a young age, and I want Nico to be proud and to know the history, so that if a, other kids like, hey, why are you wearing an orange shirt? Nico can be like, oh, it's in honor of residential schools. The indigenous people went to residential schools. What are residential? Schools? And he can. I know it's like. I don't know. I'm just thinking this now. I don't know if it's like, what do you think, Quaid? Like, is it heavy for like a kid? I know right now he wouldn't be able to like tell someone and inform someone, but I guess the orange shirt gives the representation that, hey, what is that? I'm going to go look it up myself. It doesn't, it's not the responsibility of a kid to give them the full history of what it all is. But when you're that little, it's it's pretty heavy for us when we think about the complexity of it. When we think about, like, everything, that's heavy. But when we tell children and Nico and be like, hey, residential school, it's 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 simple to them. Residential schools where kids were take, stolen and ripped from their home. This girl, Phyllis, she was only, um, how old was she again? She was only six. six and she got yeah. a brand new orange shirt. And then they took it away and she was never allowed to call her parents again that simple that that's wrong yeah and so when you like having that little conversation now like nico and his friend telling him about the shirt if that's how he wants to talk about it that boy can have a or that girl can have a conversation with their parents and then their parents are going to know so it's a it's a conversation starter i think and it's very simple for kids like that was wrong yeah exactly um like one well, time sorry this actually oh. is actually a bad um example that I'm giving but I'm like one time I went to the realm with my little cousins and they're French and I didn't know that the French thing was going on on the headphones and it was about the holocaust and all of a sudden they came running to me and were crying because they're like oh no these people were gassed to death and I'm like (gasps) but it's it's simple to them because they know that's wrong Mm -hmm. and then when they grow up they can learn about the history about it and like always knew from the beginning that that was wrong and people can be bad well and the sad thing is that it's like it's simple you hear kids being taken away from their families you think that's wrong like anyone with a right mind would be like that's wrong and you know what like we weren't taught that like Mm -hmm. Canada was trying to hide that history right for people to make up their decisions themselves about Like native people. Exactly. And that's our way of life. Like it's so wrong. I don't know. But just like how um, that one, um, what was her name? I know it's like RBG. She's like the woman that um, made sure like that. Like that, that woman, Rebecca, she just passed away. Right. Yeah. It's exactly how she was like, all women should be at tables where decisions are made. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how I think like all like indigenous, indigenous people should be at tables too, where decisions are made. And this is, I think we should end it on a positive note. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I want to end it on a positive note, but (laughs) wait, I'm so sorry. No, I'm Um, not like done. I have like a story to tell. Like I'm not being like, bloop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <To Lou. laughs> 
Okay, so women and feminism and like equal equality had Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but Indigenous people, we have Grace France. You see now, <laughs> she's gonna fucking push us forward. You're gonna push us forward, Grace. I don't know if you're ready for it. <laughs> well, you are too. All but of get us. Ready. <laughs> we have it. We have it in us, and that's what right. makes me so like strong you know that I didn't grow up with my culture and I didn't I don't know my language but I can and that mm-hmm. like fact that I'm able to go seek that out and it's not completely gone that there's people picking it up makes me happy but about like women being at the table where decisions are made indigenous people get involved if you don't want if you want things a certain way or if you're not happy with how things are get involved and um, I knew that when Nico was, was going to start school, I wanted to make sure that he was going to be in a safe environment when he enters school, that at some point they are going to talk very, like in a healthy way about Indigenous people when they talk about history. I wanted to make sure that was brought up. And um, early in the summer, there was this incident where there was a teacher in Hamilton who made an assignment and it got a lot of lashback. And I realized I really sat on my thoughts for a while. And I was like, wait, this is the same school board as Nico. Mm-hmm. You can fire that teacher all they want. But mm-hmm. is that going to fix the problem? Nico's teacher can go on and make an assignment that will hurt. I mean, right. not even just indigenous kids, if it's made about like any race right. or, or group or group. And so I was like, okay. So I emailed Nico school board and I was like, Hey, like what resources are there out for teachers? Is there an indigenous curriculum specialist that's making these assignments or are the teachers just making whatever they want and not knowing like the negative impact that that can have on the students or their families or any, like anyone. It's not even just like, I'm just thinking of like our children. Like I, I would hate for Nico to come home with assignment and be like, why are they pointing me out like when I'm supposed to be proud to be indigenous yeah. and you know, like I'd hate for that to happen. And so I got onto the indigenous education council for Nico's school board and I'm going to be in a position where I can have my voice heard. And mm-hmm. um, you're at the table. I'm at the table. And you know what? <laughs> like if you like, for my family, for my friends, like, back home, like, I'm very, like, I don't like conflict. I'm, my mom's very, like, oh, just let it be, like, and I'm kind of the same way a bit, too, but, I mean, since becoming a mom, I'm like, wait, no, I have someone to protect. Right. I mean, the way I would protect myself was being, like, stay out, but Nico, I mean, he, he can't protect himself right now. Like I'm sure he can, but he's three, but I'm like, I'm his protector. And I mean, so here's like full mama bear out. And you know what? Like, I don't know. Everyone get at, if you want, if you want things a certain way, like get out there and everyone has it in them. And just remember that we're resilient. And that makes me so proud. Right. What did that, here I am about memes again. What did that one meme say? It was like, we always tell Indigenous youth traumas in your blood, but so is resilience. Yeah. So, yeah. Good job. Grace, you're such a good mom. Oh, I, I love being a mom. Nico, Nico's the best son. So 
But yeah, so I mean, I think that we, I mean, there's been past episodes where we've talked about something really like, like just very down and we're like, how do we come back from this to end it? But I think that, you know, everyone wear an orange shirt day, educate Mm -hmm. everyone around you about what the meaning of that orange shirt is and everyone I mean there's a lot of resources out on the internet and you don't have to feel responsible to give everyone the history they should seek that themselves but that orange shirt is is a first step for teaching people in your community what that's about and Mm -hmm. I think we ended this off in like a a good way yeah we didn't have to come back on an upper for this. This is the truth and that's okay. Yeah. And I mean, we're still here, you know, so. Um, so yeah. we'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll um, see you next week. And I'll let Grace sign us off. Toodaloo. Oh, we should say Bama P. Bama P. And happy birthday, <laughs> Grace, again. Okay, bye. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Toodaloo. <laughs>